This is not how I imagined Good Friday at all. And in fact, my life right now, like yours, feels unreal, maybe a little surreal, um, maybe even a little unnatural, um, that these new habits that we are having to adapt our lives to because of the stay-at-home order um, really challenge me in, in just seeing the world. Um, because so much of what I'm accustomed to is no more, or at least not right now. And that's hard. Like, it makes my life feel like it's on hold or paused. And so many things have been canceled or postponed um, that just reinforce that idea that this is not life as we know it. Um, but this is an important time. This is a time in which we are truly engaging in a loving practice um, to protect others. And I can't think of anything that is more Christ-like in this effort. And yet at the same time, things just don't feel right, do they? But the reality is life isn't on hold. I'm still aging. I'm still finding gray hairs. My pregnancy is still progressing. Um, I see new life coming out of the ground with spring. So I know that we aren't literally on a pause, but it feels like it. And I imagine that that might have been a, a similar feeling the disciples had on a day like this one in which we reflect on Good Friday which we reflect on the events that lead to Jesus's death. That his followers, his friends, probably felt so disconnected and felt so like the world has been turned upside down and feels so unnatural. That they had invested so much in this relationship with Jesus that they had often, you know, many of them had left their, their livelihoods, their homes to follow him because they believed in him. And then to see their teacher, their friend, their hero, arrested, tried, convicted, and then sentenced to death, and then to watch him die, was something I don't know that I can get close to imagining. I, I imagine there was incredible grief, there was incredible heartbreak, there was also probably a whole lot of fear. And no doubt, not only the loss of Jesus, but also the loss of the dreams they had invested in him, their expectations of who he was and what he was going to do, that they had dreamed of a new life that Jesus would usher in, that the kingdom of God would become a reality that their vision of the kingdom of God was that Jesus would bring about freedom from Roman oppression, that Israel would almost be reborn as a nation unto itself, and that they would be part of this glorious renewal as they you know, broke free from their oppressors and again lived out their call as God's chosen people. 
And so recognizing all that they lost in that time, I think it adds so much humanity to Good Friday, to kind of walk alongside them as they may have followed the crowds that were following Jesus as he carried his cross. But the cross is necessary. And to look at all that Jesus endured is to realize that in order to defeat evil, Jesus had to allow evil to do its worst to him. And when we think about all that Jesus endured in such a short time, that he was betrayed by a trusted friend, he was abandoned by those who were closest to him, that he was accused of a crime he didn't commit, that he was then convicted of this crime, that leaders sought to destroy him because they felt threatened by him, that they felt he was a threat to their power, and then other leaders just simply washed their hands of any responsibility. And then Jesus would suffer physical abuse at the hands of the guards, beaten and whipped, and then humiliated. All that he was, they were trying to strip away. Not just physically abusing him, but also emotionally and mentally to humiliate him. To destroy not only his physical body, but also his character and his person. That crucifixion was intended to degrade a person so that it would strike fear in the witnesses. It was a means of control on the part of the Roman Empire, a means to instill fear and thus gain obedience and control. And so when we look at all that Jesus endured, all the evil, it, it, it is so profound because it's not only personal, you know, personal betrayal, abandonment, but then the powers of, of government and, and politics coming down on him, you know, systematic evil sought to destroy him as well. And he allowed it, he endured it for our sake. And in doing so, he defeats evil. And, and that's mind blowing because we think you fight evil, you know, you pick up your sword and you fight, you battle it. And yet Jesus allows evil to do its worst to him. And in doing so, he has victory. That his cry from the cross, it is finished, is, is not a cry of resignation or defeat, but it is a victory cry. Meaning, evil, you've done your worst. And I still reign. And when we take time on a day like Good Friday, and we reflect on Jesus' suffering, not in order to just go through the gory details, but to go through their meaning and what they say about us and our God, 
that we get a window into the very heart of God, that we get insight into the one in whose image we are created, we further understand the crucified Messiah, and in doing so, I think we learn more about ourselves and our call to be cross-bearers as well in this world. To be those who know that evil has been conquered and yet we still have to stand against it. And so in this season, particularly this day, I invite you to take some time maybe to read through one of the gospel accounts of Jesus's crucifixion and just stop there. Now, don't go all the way to the resurrection, but just allow yourself to sit with that and reflect on it, to think about all that Christ has done for us. And in that, find hope that a God who loved us that much did that on our behalf. And in that, maybe see our purpose in this time is to not defeat evil with evil, but to do good. Amen.